The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. I'm all about that base, about that base, more butter. I'm all about that base, about that base, 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 base. Cooley Region Cooks. It's a program that comes your way every Thursday, even on holidays. Except for Thanksgiving, because <laughs> nobody wants to come in on Thanksgiving. What can I tell you? Other than that, however, we're here, Cooley Region Cooking, because there's always somebody who wants to have some fun in the kitchen. And my guest uh, has been a, a regular now. Uh, uh, Charlie, he's not a newbie anymore. He's been here a bunch of times. And I hear you got to move that a little closer, otherwise people will wonder, why didn't you let Charlie sit in the same room as you, Ace? Well, you know. Charlie George. Never know, you know. Well, I, no, no, I'm, I am... Completely germ free, <laughs> and my politics isn't even as wacky as other people that you might spend time with. So we're good. It's St. Patrick's Day. How how are how much Irish do you have in your lineage? Uh, oh, that much, huh? Like the religious teachers, I had none. None. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a hundred percent Irish, so I'll uh, I'll I'll share some of mine with you. How about that? Okay. Well, I- Share a little Hayes and McGinty and McGinnis and uh, I got all kinds of. Are you talking about Irish the beer? Or are you talking about the? Well, all of that. My my son Mark, uh, whose middle name is McGinnis, tried to play that in a tavern. He and his uh, wife, when they, right after they got married, went to Ireland for ten days, and he tried to play that card in a bar. <laughs> Said, "Hey, I'm related to the guy who started. Look, my driver's license. Yeah, 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 right, mate. You're the first American to try and pull that on us." You can have a free beer for I don't know, four bucks or whatever, whatever their money was. He didn't. He didn't get a free beer. Yeah. Oh, and there's a surcharge too. I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm sure there is because now you tried to pull one on me and it didn't work. How the heck are you? Good. What's Good. going on? Not much. Been, uh... Staying busy. I know retired people are generally busier than people who work. So I know you haven't been sitting around doing nothing. Well, this time of the year is, in my life anyway, is happening. Is it? You know, yeah. And, uh, been going out checking on my bees. You know. Cool. How are they doing? You got a guy upstairs who keeps bees, and he said the same thing. Although he had, what was it, uh, uh, a fungus or something that killed a bunch of his bees oh, a couple of years ago. There's always something. But yeah. uh, Yours some doing are okay? good. And some are, you know, need some work. They're tulip fertilizer. Yeah. Oh yeah, tulip <laughs> fertilizer. But they're checking the roots underneath. You know? Yeah. But, um, you know, and then uh, the other thing with. My life is the barbershop. Really? Cooley Cordsman? Yeah, the Cooley Cordsman. So. We'll get a chance to talk about that. You've got a concert, what, coming up in April, right? The end of April, yeah. The week Super. after Easter. Super. So, I mean, I, yeah, I've been staying busy. Good. Keeps you out of trouble. I hope For the so. most part, yeah. I hope so. My schedule keeps me out of trouble. I tell people that all the time. Are you staying out of trouble? Well, you know, I kind of have to because by the time most people are getting into trouble, i got to go home and go to bed. So if I'm if I'm finding trouble, it's during the day. I just got to make sure I can run faster than at least somebody in that group of troublemakers. <laughs> so I'm not the one who gets caught. Well, that's when you use your cane. You whack them in the knee. Whack them in the knee, and then you're good to go. So I'll yeah. have to I'll yeah. have to keep that in mind. Take my cane with me wherever <laughs> I go when I'm 
going out to cause trouble. <laughs> so you brought uh, you brought some Irish fare, and I a have to bit. say that soda bread is delicious. It's always interesting to me how you can. I was looking at uh, videos last night on a properly cooking an Irish banger, and of course they expand to talk about all different kinds of sausage and the different ways you cook a sausage versus a steak and people that so that uh, boil their their sausage and beer doing it wrong and you know all the different the misnomers that people have about how to properly prepare a banger to eat it was really interesting to me to to watch all of that and i i thought of you making making sure that that steak is perfect room temperature before you even cook it and let it sit what else i, I read this and i i'm glad i thought of it because oh that, well, I just want to double check with another, uh, you know, professional chef. Uh, the guy whose video I was watching said that you should let, if you're cooking a steak or a roast or a whatever, you should let it rest for the same number of minutes it cooked. Close. Is that pretty close? close. So if you've got a turkey in the oven for an hour, you need to let it rest for 50 minutes-ish? Yeah, I mean, turkeys take a little longer to cook but than that, but, you know, at minimum 30 minutes. Yeah. Minimum 30 minutes so okay. that you can suck back the juice and set them up. Because otherwise, it's like, uh, <laughs> don't want to be gross, but um, if a person dies, it's hard to bleed them out. Okay. Okay. Sure. But if they're alive, they bleed out a lot easier. Sir, so sir. use that type of uh, analogy that uh, if you cut into that roast, as soon as you took it out of the oven, all the juice is going to juice out all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you let it set back just a little bit it's not going to cool a lot but just a little bit it's going to stay much more juicy. right and i did learn after accidentally cutting into a, a steak it doesn't suck back in after you let it sit for a while oh crap i wasn't supposed to i'll oh, just let it sit cut it i cut it yeah. when it was hot the yeah. juices all ran out yeah. and i thought well yeah. i'll just let it sit in this plate full of juice and maybe some of that juice will suck back in it and, and yeah. That's not there, the way it there's works. There's no way of putting the baby nope. back in the The wool. baby does not go yeah. back. Yeah. You no, know, it's uh, yeah. that it's, was I it's ruined out, it. it's out. Well, and room temperature, that's another thing that that uh, really got my attention. Everybody hammers that. How many people take something out of the refrigerator? I mean, even a even a, a sausage, a bratwurst, take it out of the refrigerator and let it sit on the counter for half an hour, 40 minutes, get it to room temperature before you cook it. I know how important that is with a steak. But even with a even with a, a banger, you got you're cooking it backwards. A steak cooks from the outside in, and a, a bratwurst cooks from the inside out. But you still have to start with room temperature, otherwise, the the outside and the inside cook at different times. Well, it also takes longer to, you know, if it's super chilled to cook it, it's going to take longer too. So it depends upon, you know, commercially, uh, most most places we don't stack our steaks on the counter and grab them as we go. Their health department doesn't get into that. Too no, much. no, probably not. <laughs> you know, but you can, when, when somebody orders a steak, you'll take it out of the refrigerator and let it sit for a little while. I mean, you're not you taking it out of the to. fridge and sitting it right down on the, on the fire. You're trying to, it, it depends on the, you know, if you got a well done and you're, you're busy that night, that baby's probably going to go on right away. Right. You actually had, you, you, do you ever have to cook a well done steak uh, for anybody? 47 years. Really? Oh man! Hopefully not very many. Well, who eats a well-done steak? Only a person who hasn't got a clue. Hasn't got a clue. Well, some of it is they—they they weren't brought up eating it. 
you know. Yeah, well, so they think all they, the red stuff is blood, and I got to make sure there's no well, blood. The and that's is, <laughs> is that uh, the economy cuts, you know, round steak. Oh, sure, sure. You know, where you need it to cook them longer. Right. You know, once you get past that medium rare state, then you got to go the complete through the process, finish it, hopefully do a little moist cooking right. to make it tender enough again that you can Right, eat. right. And, and so, then slice it really thin so you don't notice. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, through my ethnic background, roulade, that's a German dish. Oh, you know, oh, okay. Yeah. And that's made with round. Oh, is it? Thin okay. Slice. And, you know, you, you roll it up uh, and make it a couple different ways, sometimes with a gherkin, sometimes with a force meat uh, stuffing. But there again, you brown it, then you simmer it in uh, stock for, you know, hour. Yeah. Hour and a half till it's tender, drain the stock, thicken it, and you put it back on again to serve it. Whereas, you know, it started out as a steak. Right. You know, but it ain't a steak anymore. Right. It's You've just, changed it. Yeah. It's all the different methods you have to use because everything is different. I get it. But boy, oh boy, I thank goodness for that. Uh, the chef, whoever it was, this many years ago at uh, at uh, what was used to be called Tommy's Del Bar. Now it's just the Del Bar. Apparently, Tommy sold it. <laughs> now it's just the Del Bar, but a five-diamond restaurant, and I ordered their Italian cave-aged, you know, 60 days cave-aged Italian uh, steak. That's what I thought. I never even heard of that. Cave-aged steak? I better have one of those uh, because a friend of mine, I just got a gigantic raise. So anything you want on the menu, I'm buying. So, okay, and we're going to the steakhouse, and I ordered it medium well. And the waitress wrote it down, and she came back a couple of minutes later, and she said, I'm very sorry, sir. Chef asked you to pick something else on the <laughs> menu because he's not going <laughs> to serve you this super expensive steak medium well because you're going to have a bite of it and then say, well, this is terrible. This is no big deal. Got I can't – I can't be, yeah, I got any ketchup. Uh, I said, well, no, no, I don't want to change it. Serve it to me uh, as chef's choice. And he did serve it to me. He said, uh, the waitress said, it's about 30 seconds past rare. It's a rare steak. Yeah, a little bit longer than that, so it's still pink in the middle. It was breathtaking. And, of course, I didn't even need a knife to cut it. It was so tender and juicy. So I never order a steak or a burger or ahi tuna or any of that anywhere past, just barely past rare. And it's so good. Yeah, and that's another point. Ahi, especially, you know, it's, you don't want to cook it, you know. No, yeah, but, yeah. But uh, you know, in this area, geographically, it's tough to try to get most common people to get past medium rare tuna. Oh yeah, well that's too bad. I'll eat yours yeah. <laughs> when uh, when you're sitting at the table of that huge fam- famous seafood restaurant and they bring you an inch and a half or a two-inch thick uh, ahi tuna steak, and you cut into it, and it's pink in the middle, and you say, oh, yuck, I can't eat this. Pass it over to me because I'll eat it. It's delicious, and you are making a mistake. I just can't get back. I can't get past that's like, practically raw. Oh, no, I can't eat that. Well, okay. Peanut butter and jelly for my friend on the end of the table over here. Uh, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Side of celery stick. Yeah, yeah, baby, baby, baby. So you want to make me? What's let me let me take a quick break. 
Okay. And when we come back, uh, will you uh, share the recipe for soda yeah. bread? Yeah, I brought it. Because it's delicious. It's really good. And then you can talk while I eat and everybody's happy. How's that work? <laughs> it's 1018. This is Cooley Region Cooks. Charlie George, my guest in the kitchen on St. Patrick's Day. Cooley Region Cooks. Every Thursday from 10 to 11, we get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. You still having fun in the kitchen, Charlie? When I'm there. Yeah? (laughs) Well, I know your wife does a lot of the cooking now because you're busy, but that's nice. She enjoys it too, doesn't she? Very much so. It's not a matter of, are you cooking tonight or do I have to do it? No, we we pretty much, if whoever cooks, the other one does the cleanup. I get it. I cook, you clean, vice versa, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, you know. That makes sense. And and when my dad was on the road when we were young, my mom cooked. We didn't learn until we were full-grown adults. She hated to cooking? cook. Cooking? Hated, hated, <laughs> hated. She was very good at it, yeah. but uh, she hated cooking. And when my dad stopped traveling as much and took over the kitchen, mom was thrilled, and uh, dad loved it. So there was never a time, well, I never a time that he said out loud, oh, geez, I got to cook dinner for my hoard. You know, me with a, a bottomless pit, my sisters with hollow legs, uh, always looking for more. What do you got, Dad? What are we having for dinner, Dad? Because I'm starving. Meant you better have a lot of whatever it is. A lot of potatoes and rice. Yeah, and he loved <laughs> he loved to spend time in the kitchen. So, so it was never an issue. And I do too. I picked at least I picked that up. If you're not having fun in the kitchen, you're doing it wrong. Yep. Come on, have some fun. I'm glad your wife enjoys it as well. Yeah, she she thoroughly does. Yeah, cool. All right, so uh, Irish soda bread. Yeah, this this particular recipe is is considered a, a more everyday use. Uh, oh, way. right, the journeyman Irish soda bread because well, you don't it, have fruit it, in it or it's any stuff. It's for the working class that okay, you know they they uh, they need that subsidence, but they're not looking to you know put on the highbrow for something. Right, right. So this is a very very basic, and uh, as Mike can attest, I brought in a little. Uh, Corned beef uh, cheese ball there. Oh, yeah, it's delish. Smearing it, it on. It was delish, I should <laughs> it say. It was delish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't even, there's no smell left in the building. He ate it all. <laughs> well, I did close the door. You noticed that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I noticed Maybe it, I should yeah. open it up and share. Yeah. So anyway, this is a, for those of you that do cook and you know how to do baking powder biscuits, uh, this is very similar, except it doesn't have baking powder. It has baking soda. So anyway, you start out with uh, four cups of flour. Uh, I'm going to give you the dry ingredients because those you put together first. Okay. So it's four cups of flour, three uh, tablespoons of granulated sugar, a teaspoon of baking soda, a teaspoon of salt, and I always prefer to try to use un-iodized salt. You don't need that extra iodine. You get so much iodine in all your other prepared foods these days you don't need that extra so are, are you suggesting then that that listeners people that go grocery shopping don't ever have to buy iodized well, salt unless they have an iron unless they have an issue deficiency yeah. right but okay there is just so much iodine in, in the is food. there okay yeah. okay look, look on your ingredient list you know uh, the more prepared it is the bigger okay. chance it is you're going to have it. Well, and I've been getting... And you need such a little bit of iodine in your diet anyway. To make a good... Yeah. To I've, make you healthy. I've been healthy. getting since, I don't know what I got for Christmas a number of years ago, a bunch of, uh, of in fl- flavor-infused 
salt. I had no idea. Man, you can you can buy salt that has rosemary in it yep. or wild garlic yep. or mushrooms yep. or, uh, or you can get salt that was mined on a beach uh, on the edge of a volcano. That's why it's black. Oh, man, and it tastes – this is delicious. I have no idea whether there's iodine in it or not, yeah. but, oh, baby, is it really yeah, good. Yeah, and, th- and that's where I feel that the unidized salt, you actually get the true flavor the salt. of what salt does. Yeah. The bitter – because if you want to taste what iodine tastes like, go get a little bottle from your pharmacy and just put it in your mouth. Just a tiny, tiny – Yeah, just a little drop. Mouth. Then you know what I'm talking about. Iodine is not pleasant to the palate. <laughs> anyway, after the, the teaspoon of salt – uh, you're going to need five tablespoons of butter. And I did say butter, not margarine. Yeah, yeah, always um, butter. And uh, your own personal preferences, uh, unsalted works very well. Uh, if you don't mind that a little extra bite that salt gives you, the salted is fine, too. Works. Well, and isn't salt an ingredient later on on your list? It's already in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. see, that's the part I wonder. But I always wondered get about too that. too much salt. Oh, I get it. People who are sodium sensitive. Right. Well, if I'm going to use, because sometimes I don't have uh, uh, unsalted butter in my refrigerator if I used it. Uh, So I'm going to use salted butter and then just leave the quarter teaspoon of other salt out. You don't have to leave the whole teaspoon. And even people that are really sodium sensitive, the the salt-free, the I think Morton's makes the product light salt. Uh, would work too. You you need to look at your conversion adjusted issue. based on your yeah. health issues. Sure. Anyway, th- then you take your your pastry cutter and you cut your and your butter should be cold, not okay room temperature. Okay. Or ambient, and then you cut it in with your pastry cutter and try to get it down into the pea size. You know the little green vegetable pea. Sure, sure. That size of butter in the flour mixture, and then you uh, one and three quarters cup. Buttermilk. Now, a lot of people don't keep buttermilk in the refrigerators. That's fine. If you have regular milk, 2% or higher butterfat, like I said, it's a cup and three quarters. Just put like a tablespoon of white vinegar into that milk before you start scaling up your dry ingredients. And by the time you're ready to incorporate your milk, it'll have soured enough, curdled, that it gives you the same effect. Exa- yeah, exactly the same. As your buttermilk. Uh, and an egg is optional. I In this particular one today, I did not put an egg. It would have made it softer. Um, as Mike can attest, it's a very crisp, crusted. The crust. Okay, the bread. egg would have made the crust softer? It, it, it would have softened more, yeah. Oh, the, okay. The egg, egg does all those kind of properties, and it'll okay. make it a little finer. This is a very course this is awesome this is delish no yeah. egg no problem yeah so i mean that but those of you that like that softer uh, smoother texture you can add an egg sure in. sure and uh you may have to add just a little bit more flour because when you mix it you want it that as you put the buttermilk in and pour the buttermilk slowly mix it down with your <coughs> do not use any electric mixer here you want to go ahead and cough go ahead there we go. Just uh, use, I, I use a heavy wooden spoon and just uh, turn it over as you're going. Okay. Mix it in slowly, the buttermilk. And then you want to get it that it's just starting to pull from the edges a little bit in your bowl. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, just yeah. knead it up a little bit. Uh, for those that don't know, the term kneading is just take it, roll it over, 
and push down and bring it back forward. And can we d- do that in the bowl, though? We don't have you to take that. You can do it in the bowl. Okay. I mean, right. I did it in the bowl. People who are not that versed may want to put it out on a board with a okay. little flour. On a, yeah, it. put flour on the board first. Otherwise, yeah, you're just making more stick. of a mess. Yeah, you're going to have a sticky stick. And if you so delightfully want to add a fruit, uh, raisins are usually the standard fare that goes in it. And you'd put in about a cup of raisins. Make sure they're okay. not rock hard because they won't have time to come back. Make sure they're okay. fresh okay. or otherwise you're going to have to soften them before you put it in. Okay. Because otherwise there's going to be a little, little nuggets, bullets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little nuggets in there. And then uh, basically it's a free-form bread. It's not a loaf pan. Uh, you could if you want to, but traditionally, yeah, you just then no one will know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you, you traditionally put it in a on a pan. Uh, you can use parchment. You could use a silicone sheet. I used a treated pan with just a light mist of food release, and just keep it kind of in a round structure. Put it down in the middle of the pan. You want to keep it not more than an inch and a half to two inches thick. So make sure you're not putting this big high this dough. This giant mountain of dough, yeah. yeah. Make sure it's somewhat spread a little bit. Got it. And then it bakes for approximately 50 minutes at 400 degrees. 50? 50. 50, yeah. At 400 degrees? Yeah. Okay. And what I did just to make sure, because depending, everybody's ovens and stoves are different, I set my timer for 40 minutes. I sure, double check. If it was getting too dark, you can use a foil dome, take a sheet of Oil, make a little dome over it uh, for those last 10 minutes so it don't get too dark. All right. When you said the dough, you put it in the oven, the dough should be an inch, inch and a half thick. But your loaf of bread is two and a half inches tall, yeah. so it's going to raise quite a bit. Huh? Yeah, well, there's baking soda. I'm just saying. It, yeah. So don't be – you You put in a, a, a an inch and a half a thick piece of raw dough when you open the oven later and it's two and a half inches tall yeah. it's perfect it yeah. did exactly what it's supposed to do yeah and the okay. thing of it is you never these free form type of breads different ethnic breads you don't put them on a pan that's exactly the size of the raw dough because every dough grow. will spread oh, sure, a little bit yeah. and the buttermilk also helps with the leveling oh does it okay yeah. all right it's the acid yeah i have a pizza stone and I, I, it's that I got, I inherited from my dad and it's, I don't know, an old school pizza stone because it's probably three quarters of an inch thick, twice as thick as one that a friend of mine has that she got from Pampered Chef. Yeah. That's about a quarter of an inch. The one I have is twice as thick and uh, it's awesome. And plop that dough down on a hot pizza stone and the base of the bread is a little bit crustier than it just it cooks well, the perfectly. Is plenty crusty. Oh, this is yours. It's perfect. Absolutely. I was just thinking of you know because uh, the only pans I have that are oven safe are cast iron and and you, you know, can do it in cast. Can iron you? Too. Okay. Yeah. That was and do you put that bread? You put the cast iron in the oven. Get the cast iron nice and hot. Take it out of the oven. Drop the bread, the not. dough into the iron, I, and then I would not. No. That. Oh. But I would probably extend the cooking time a little bit, ah. depending upon how heavy a weight of cask you're using. Okay. Because it will absorb more heat. Quicker. All right. Gosh, I never paid attention to how how uh, it's just a lodge. It's a 10-inch lodge cast iron pan. Lodge is a good brand. I never paid attention to how heavy it is or how thick it is. Yeah. It's a two-hander. Yeah. Got to hold to it with both hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that there you makes, go. That makes men out of boys. It certainly does, and you will not be doing any of those. What do you call that? Where you 
where you flip the stuff that's in the pan, you know, one-handed, you don't need a spatula. There's a name for that. Well, for one thing, it's very hard in cast iron because the edges are straight. Right. They're not, you know. Yeah, they're not flanged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pan weighs so much. I tried that once. I thought, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> That's a, it can't be sh- I won't be showing off any more of that. No, nope, <laughs> not at all. A little business, and we'll be back. Cooley Region Cooking with Charlie George on St. Patrick's Day. Region Cooks. Every Thursday from 10 to 11, we get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. And Charlie George is that guy. If you look up fun in the kitchen, there's probably a picture of him right there on that page. This guy. going to say what side of the picture it is. Well, you know, the, the fun side. How about that? Keep us both out of trouble. It's the fun side because you have fun in the kitchen. Did everybody love working for you and with you in your kitchens and your vast? They did what I Oh, I understand. You're the boss. <laughs> Please do what I ask you to yeah, do, because if you don't, it's going to be a problem. But you, you, you try to build relationships. You know, yeah. With the, the old thing, you get more bees with honey than vinegar. And you know, yeah. I I started my career in country clubs under a a Danish chef, uh-huh. and he was a real a hole. Was he? Oh, that's tough. And when you uh, when work stopped. He was the nicest guy. Really? Just, he really? Couldn't, couldn't do enough for you, you know. And but the, I worked under him for four years, and it was like, and wow. I finally told the manager, I said, either he's gone or I'm gone. I says, I can't keep doing this. I yeah, can't. that's too bad. Yeah. I don't understand that. I mean, I understand that you you run a tight ship and you need things done a certain way, but you can get those certain way things done with uh, with honey, not with a whip. Yeah, that's like. You know, people that watch Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. I says, bring him in the back room with me for five minutes. We'll do a little attitude adjustment. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. you know, he does a lot of that for the TV I show. I know too, he so. does. But He's I mean, yelling he and screaming at people. gives a wrong impression of how commercial kitchens are run. Oh, I get that. But the show's not all about, that's why it's called Hell's Kitchen, not Heaven's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a show where the, where the head chef is the sweetest guy in the world and Here's the segment where he went to your house and did and cleaned your house because you had a cold and you stayed in your bedroom and he vacuumed and did all the dusting and went to the grocery store. That nobody's going to watch that. Yeah, they want to watch the tr- the crashes. You know, yeah. he, uh, people get yelled at. He definitely has a a different attitude. Right. Well, and you know what? I I do enjoy. He's I can't remember what it's called. It's uh, uh, kitchen nightmares, I think, or when he goes to somebody's restaurant oh, that sure. is about to fail. And you find out why, because the guy who owns the restaurant doesn't have a clue. And he's real grumpy, and he's all yelling at everybody. And, and has more creatures in that kitchen than yeah, there should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go in the back room, and you realize he's got stuff on the shelf that's been there. And it's moving. And yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, he wonder, and then he gets yelled at and tells Gordon Ramsay off. And you just yeah. think, wow, you got, speaking of attitude adjustment, figure it out. This guy, he owns restaurants all over the world, and you're telling him he doesn't know what he's talking about? That, that uh, Mike Tapper, too, is another oh, one. Yeah. You know, bar rescue. Sure, sure. Another one that just, ugh. You got to do, well, and he's here to try and fix your uh, your business yeah. in a short period of time, which means we got to go. We got to move. I, and when we're done, if I do it right, we'll be friends. 
between now and when we're done, if we're not friends, I don't care. Because <laughs> my, my boss said, hey, fix this restaurant while we film it. Ready, go. And you already paid me, so. Yeah, you already, yeah. So you, <laughs> and, and so you learn, you learn what you can while you can. It's yeah. too bad that people don't, uh, you know, you get more, what, like you said, you get more with honey than you do with, yep. with a stick. But that's, that's too bad. All right, so we got, we got uh, soda bread. Uh, do you want to make the cheese? Tell me that's not just cream cheese dipped in, in corned beef. It's not just cream cheese dipped in corned beef. Okay. <laughs> Tell me. The cheese dip, it's delicious, smart Alec. I didn't mean repeat after me. You know, I can't give you every recipe. You got to. Like. You got to. You don't have. We don't have time for you to give me every recipe. <laughs> but if you give me three or four, that'd be awesome. We spent the hour having some fun. We talked about how to properly cook a steak and a and a, a brat and a fish. Well, the, the one thing with this corned beef uh, cheese ball that goes with the soda bread, I mainly did it as a to show another method. If when you're cooking your corned beef today or you cooked it yesterday for dinner tonight, and maybe it got a little away on you and some of it fell apart as you're trying to get it out of the pot or um, – <laughs> Or for whatever method you use, some people. You mean fry. somebody cooked their corned beef too tender? Too far. Yeah. Oh. And uh, it, like in the the smoking industry, the burnt ends, oh. you know. Um, this is a way to use some of the crumbs or the overages that you have. Okay. And it's uh, so you're not going, oh, maybe I should just give it to the dog for a treat. Oh, shame you, on you for yeah. even that. Well, I know you don't think that. But. No, yeah. But, I mean, you got to figure out some other way to use it. You know, corned beef hash. Yeah. Make, uh, oh my god. With it. You can do anything with it. But, you know, or make a cheese ball. Yeah. Or yeah, or a cheese. Ball. Or a cheese ball. And, but yes, it does have cream cheese. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I knew it was more than that though, because it it's Charlie George cream has, cheese ball. Has a pinch of kosher salt, and it has a shake or two of white pepper in it. White pepper. Okay. And then it has a. A dashing scant of garlic powder, garlic powder, okay. along with uh, the scallions, which are people call them green onions too. For those that don't know, right? And uh, they're the same, same thing. Yep. And just cut them very fine, leave the greens and the whites through. And there again, make sure your cream cheese is soft and uh, don't uh, beat your cream cheese with your seasonings. And then once it's beat, take your spatula stiff spatula and then you can fold your corned beef and green onions into it so you don't make it oblivious what it is yeah <laughs> and then you uh form it up in a ball and you still have some corned beef crumbs left on the side then you just take your corned beef ball and roll it in it and uh form it into a baseball size or more depending on the amount of people you got yeah. put it on a plate take a little extra of the scallions Put them around the edge. I was going to make an onion uh, flour for you, but oh. I, you you really don't seem like the flour type person. I would have eaten it. Yeah. I thought, yeah. well, that was good. What was it? It was a flour. Didn't you notice before you ate the petals off one at a time? I love me. I love me not. I love me all oh, the flour. I, I love ate the food. whole flour. I always love it. Yeah, I love it I now. Love I love more. it later. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I got Somebody taught me. I don't know. If, I've had one for a long, long time. So it might have been my dad, or I can't remember where I learned it. A spoon with a hole in the middle for the kinds of, when you said, don't beat this to death when you're blending things around, 
just this spoon has a hole in the middle. So just stirring things to blend them, Certain. but not to, you know, not to beat them up with a blender yeah. or the the thing. And I don't have one of those monster uh, uh, big blender things. Yeah. That's why in, in most kitchen utensil stores, there's a purpose for every utensil that's hanging there. Yeah. You know, uh, you may only use it once a year, maybe a couple times a year, but or once every five years, depending on well, your how often you make soda yeah. bread. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's a purpose for every utensil, and the thing of it is, if you don't have it, it yeah, you probably can substitute some things, but it's not. You the can same. live without it, but it won't be as good. It won't, it won't be, be the, the same. same. It won't right. Be the same. That's right. I, and my it used to drive my mom nuts. When, uh, when she was doing the cooking and she was a, uh, a member of a very active bridge club. <laughs> and so eight ladies and they rotated around, uh, yep. you know, to everybody's house. So every eight weeks the party would be at my, my mom's, uh, my house. Yep. And, uh, and everybody brought something, a dish to pass. And, yep. and uh, it was always fun. It was always delish because I got some of the leftovers. I first went home from school because I'm older than my sisters. And I got to have a little something of whatever was there. Hey, you know. Somebody's got to do the cleanup work. It's yeah. a dirty job. That's right. So feed me first, and then I'll do the cleanup. But my mom would tell me, don't have any of this strawberry shortcake whatever, or yeah. whatever it was. Really? How come? Because that's that's Brenda's, you know, the, our neighbor Brenda. Yeah. she always And she shares the recipe except for one key ingredient that she leaves out because she doesn't want you to make it and, and, have, and it be as good as hers. So no one ever asks her for her recipes because she lies to people about what's in the recipe. You know, there's it's bourbon bread, and the, you notice on the list there's no bourbon or, you know, whatever it is, a key ingredient. No salt or no, it's, you know, no baking powder. How come I made this and it's flat? I still get beat up by my family because uh, my, my brother's wife, one time we, we made a dish. It was called peaches and cream. It was a dessert. Oh, sure. And she says, God, that's really good. She says, Send me the recipe sometime. I says, well, I got it right in the top of my head. I, I just made it the other day, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, da, 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 you know, listed everything and, and told her the method and this and that and the other thing. And we used to bowl in couples league with Oh, them. sure, sure. So the next week we bowled with them. She says, it was terrible. Oh. She said, it, it didn't turn out. I says, well, what do you mean it didn't turn out? She said, it was flat and it was stiff and hard. I go, you sure you put everything in it? She says, yeah, everything you told me. I said, and I started reading off the ingredients again. Uh-huh. She goes, you didn't say eggs. Oh. <laughs> you didn't say eggs. I go, oh. 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 <laughs> Not on purpose. Not on purpose. Well, everyone's smiling. That's funny. They bring that up and, you know, bring me back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, don't trust Charlie. He might forget, <laughs> quote, unquote, air quotes. He might forget an ingredient that will make your thing not so, not so tasty. Cooley Region Cooks. I got a little more business to do. Uh, have you got an Irish dessert that you can pull out of your ear to share with us when we come back? Think about it. Okay. Think about it. We'll be right back. Cooley Region Cooks. Thursdays, 10 to 11, we get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. And by the way, if that if that's you, or if you're thinking, God, I know my mother-in-law would be, or, you know, my brother, my whoever. If you know somebody who likes to have fun in the kitchen and uh, you think they might be uh, interested or you know they're interested in being on Cooley Region Cooks, I'd love to talk with them. Clearly, you don't have to be a, a fully functional working chef. You simply have to f- know how to have fun in the kitchen. 
Charlie George. You've got to be uh, fully functional, though. Fully functional. you got to be yeah. fully functional because you can't just come in and set down a bunch of paper and say, Mike, read this. I'll, i I got to go. I'm too embarrassed to talk on the radio uh, because I want to know how you're having fun in the kitchen. I learned how to bone a chicken breast over the phone. So <laughs> speaking of not having fun in the kitchen, my dad taught me how to do that over the phone when I realized I got to we got to be up close and personal to do some things, Dad, because this ain't happening. I got that bone out, but it sure didn't look like the chicken breast you buy at the grocery store. Yeah, right. Dull uh, knife. Must have been a dull knife. Uh, something. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It Harder. looked like that chicken breast fell off the truck and got dragged for a little while first. <laughs> too many slices as you were boning. Probably. Probably too many. Too careful. Couldn't. Yeah, I was being too careful. Yep. Uh, and I have friends that uh, will will slice something, and instead of uh, slice a, a piece of beef or something and you could use a big chef's knife you know an eight or a ten inch no no i got this tiny little knife that's this long yeah i got this yeah why oh because i'm so afraid look at that giant blade that giant yeah that's my favorite knife the big well and i get it you got a favorite knife that has a three inch blade but your fingers are three inches away from the really sharp part if you use my knife which is just as sharp maybe sharper your hand is in a different room from the part that could cut your fingers off. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Especially if you uh, use a meat fork to hold it. And there you go. Use a fork, then your hands are far, far away. You know, uh, you know that song? Far, far away? Yeah. I have. I've been there before. I've had dinner at Far, Far Away. There you go. Me and Shrek, we had dinner together one night. We're Cooley Region Cooking, and uh, we've got the soda bread. We've got the, uh, the cheese ball to go along with it. No, it wasn't me. It was an actual... Cheese ball, delicious, <laughs> real simple. Well, and keeping it simple. Yep. Uh, and when I said, hey, cook me a, how about an Irish dessert? What did you think of? Something super simple. Very simple. It, it, uh, and there's a lot of shortcuts you can take. Uh, well, Almost Homemade was its own Food Network TV show, for God's sake. You know, <laughs> you, you got time to make it? Sure. But I don't have time to do this part. So I bought this part. Everything else, homemade. And this this dessert is a, a cream type pie. Um, when I was still working full time, we used to make our own pie crust too, and we always use lard as your fat medium, give you more of a flakier crust. And uh, so you roll out your pie dough, pre bake your crust. We use a double identical pan, so you put one on top of the other. You can weight it if it has to be. And then you pre-bake your crust so it's, until it's done. How do you know if the pan needs to be weighted? Well, if you're using too light of a weight of, of, of a... Top pan? Like the disposable oh. aluminum ones, yeah, those yeah. are too light. Yeah, okay. you okay. got to put beans or something. Or right, got to have some kind shot. of pressure. got to have okay. something that can hold it down. Got it, place. got it. And, uh, but anyway, you bake it off, and usually the last three, four minutes of the baking time for that crust, pull off that the pan you had inside of it so that the bottom dry the inside of that crust dries completely then okay and you got to have that cooled and usually you can do that the day ahead of time then uh the filling we always we always made our own filling which was a vanilla pudding filling and uh we started out with uh, a quart and a half of milk uh, a half a cup of cornstarch and six eggs and you mix the cornstarch and whole eggs together. And as you, you get your milk scalded up on a double boiler, whip the eggs into it. And then it sat there 
uh, cooking on the double boiler for about 30 to 40 minutes until it was completely thick. And then you pull it off and cool that down. So a lot of this is the day ahead of time. Sure, sure. Uh, and then you bring it out the next day. You take that amount of pudding you're going to need for that pie shell, whip it up in your mixer to get it aired up and fluffy. And then in another bowl, you're going to take a fresh whipping cream. And here's where the Irish kind of thing comes. Uh, just a couple dots of green food dye into that raw whipping cream before you whip it. And then whip your whipping cream up. Uh, put a couple tablespoons of powdered sugar in it as you're whipping it. And get it to nice stiff peaks. And then you start at your assembly. You take your pie crust. You take your whipped vanilla pudding, put that down, and then shaved semi-sweet chocolate. Uh, I usually did it on a fine grate on a box grater. Sure. And then put a generous amount in there, and then put your whipped cream on, and you can either flute it with a pastry bag if you want. You don't have a pastry bag. Smooth it with a nice spatula. and give Or it- use a baggie. Come on, I don't have a pastry bag, but I got a baggie and a pair of scissors. Put all that goo in a baggie, cut but the you corner off. Do you the... have a star tip? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got a tip. I guess I don't know what's, what shape it is. Well, anyway. Yeah. Depending upon what you have. I'm not winning a contest. I'm feeding some people. <laughs> well, you might want to try to impress somebody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely. And so after you get the whipped cream on top of that first layer of bitter chocolate shavings, then you can, the top, redo it again with the chocolate shavings. And then refrigerate for an hour before service. Yeah. And it'll set up nice and tight. You'll get them nice. You got the pie crust brown. You got the nice golden vanilla pudding. Then you got your little bit of chocolate. You got your green whipped cream and a little chocolate on top. Beautiful color. Good presentation. You can drizzle some some Hershey's liquid chocolate on it, too, to give it a little bit more. Or a little Bailey's. Now you're talking. Or a little cream of mint. Yeah, you know, yeah, a little dark chocolate. It's unlimited what you can Swiss do. Swiss dark chocolate here. Yeah, I gotta. That sounds, sounds good. Sounds delish. Hey, can I get you to come back some non-holiday Thursday? 